My name is Luna Casey, and welcome to the New England Ghost Stories podcast. The New England area is full of tales of haunted locations, legendary creatures, and stories of the just plain weird. So, whether you're into ghosts, lake monsters, or strange lights in the night sky, we are your home for all things paranormal. On Standish Street in Provincetown, Massachusetts, there is a bed and breakfast called the Victoria House. This gay-friendly guest house has 19th century charm, free Wi-Fi, air conditioning, and continental breakfast is served daily on the patio. It is close to Commercial Street and its many restaurants, art galleries, and kitschy shops. Or visit the Pilgrim Monument and Museum. Take a dune buggy ride. Or soak up some sun and maybe take a dip in the freezing cold Atlantic at Herring Cove Beach, all of which are close by. Oh, and it may also be haunted. You see, back in the late 1960s, the Victoria House was home to a serial killer. The inn was known as the Guest House at the time. And a 25-year-old carpenter named Antone Tony Chop Chop Costa was staying in room four. Patricia Walsh and Marianne Wysocki checked into the guest house and were introduced to Tony Costa. He seemed like a nice young man and helped them with their luggage, which he stored for them in his closet in room four. He then took them on a special date to his magic garden of marijuana in Truro. He then murdered them chopped up their bodies into several pieces and dumped their remains in shallow graves near the Pine Grove Cemetery. On February 8, 1969, while looking for the missing Patricia Walsh and Marianne Wysocki, police discovered the body of Susan Perry. Perry, who had been missing since the previous Labor Day, had been also cut into eight pieces. Wysocki's body was found about a month later. Her torso and head had been buried separately. Walsh and the rest of Wysocki's body were later found in a forest clearing, the magic garden that Costa had used for growing marijuana. In his book, 13 most haunted in Massachusetts, author Sam Baltrusis claims that District Attorney Edmund Denise reported that the remains had teeth marks and showed sign of cannibalism. Some internal organs were missing, and their bodies had been cut into pieces. There were rumors that the hearts of the victims were missing and not found where they were buried. However, according to writer Kurt Bonnegut Jr., this wasn't true. 
In an article in the July 25, 1969 issue of Life magazine, which was included in his, his collection of essays, Wampeters, Foma, and Grand Falloons, Vonnegut states that the coroner did find their hearts in their bodies. Vonnegut had a special interest in the case. His daughter, Edith, had known Costa when she had spent time by herself in P-Town the year before. Luckily, she turned down Costa's invitation to visit his magic garden, or she may have been found there as well. In his article, Vonnegut said authorities believed the object used to chop up the bodies was a brush hook or an axe. The police found a stained rope near the bodies that matched a similar coil of stained rope found in the closet of room four. They also found the victim's luggage in the closet. A razor-like device was also reportedly found near the graves. Costa had been arrested at 16 for assaulting a teenage girl, and several young women he met a couple of years later had gone missing. He was suspected of killing seven women, Bonnie Williams, Barbara Spaulding, Sidney Monson, as well as Susan Perry, Patricia Walsh, and Marianne Wysocki. Although he portrayed himself as someone who wouldn't hurt a fly, Costa was unable to convince a jury. He was convicted of killing Walsh and Wysocki. In 1970, Costa was sentenced to life in prison at the Maximum Security Walpole Correctional Institution, now called Massachusetts Correctional Institution Cedar Junction, or MCI. After four years in prison, on May 12, 1974, Tony Chop Chop Costa committed suicide by hanging himself in his cell. He is buried at St. Peter the Apostle Cemetery in Provincetown in an unmarked grave next to his mother's tomb. When Life magazine published Vonnegut's story on July 25, 1969, the case became a national sensation. Thrill-seekers arrived off-season wanting to help dig. Vonnegut wrote, they were puzzled when park rangers and police and firemen found them disgusting. The story almost became the crime of the century. However, Costa was soon overshadowed by Charles Manson's murder spree in California. By now, some of you are probably saying, I thought this was a paranormal podcast not a true crime podcast. But with so much negative energy surrounding the property, it would be surprising if the Victoria House wasn't haunted. For a brief period, the house was often pointed out to tourists as the site where the murderer lived. Also, sand from the gravesite was sold at 50 cents a pound. 
guests at Provincetown's Victoria House have also reported uneasy feelings in the middle of the night, accompanied with a smell of blood. Sam Beltrusis's research uncovered reports of disembodied voices in the Victoria House, disquieting residual energy in room four, and the occasional faint scream. Muted cries or whimpers seem to come from the boarded-up closet. As far as hauntings are concerned, there have been reports of residual energy in room four. According to the former manager at the Victoria House, he would hear disembodied whispers throughout the guest house and the occasional scream of a female voice emanating from room four. Some believed that Costa may have kept his victims in the Victoria House before murdering them, chopping them up, and burying them in Truro. The negative energy can also be felt at the forest edge in Truro, where the murders took place in Costa's magic garden of marijuana. Now overgrown, this spot continues to be a magnet for ghost hunters, crime enthusiasts, and the morbidly curious. The brick crypt at the rear of the Pine Grove Cemetery, where the mutilation of the women's bodies occurred, is also popular. Paranormal investigators at the cemetery in 2007 received several EVPs, or electronic voice phenomenon, in response to their questions. EVPs are voices captured on a digital recorder that were not heard by the investigators at the time. They also experienced equipment problems and battery drainage, and they felt sudden chill in the air. These are all thought to be signs that an unseen entity is gathering all the energy it can in order to manifest. Are the victims still crying out, not knowing that it is too late for them to be saved? Are they still looking for justice? Or did they exact their own justice by driving Costa to kill himself? Whatever the case, their story will forever be part of the history of Provincetown. Thank you for listening to the New England Ghost Stories podcast. New episodes are added every other Friday. New England Ghost Stories is written and produced by L.B. Kirkwood. Music by Vyacheslav Dragunov. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find the New England Ghost Stories podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or at your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review. And if you have a story that you'd like to see covered in an upcoming podcast, you can leave a comment on our website at newenglandghoststories.com or on our Facebook page, at New England Ghost Stories. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, this is Luna Casey.